Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, the internet, and welcome to Season 271, Episode 2 of Daily Zeitgeist, a production of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness, and it is Wednesday, January 18th, 2023. Mm-hmm. You know what time it is? National Michigan Day. Okay. Michigan? Yeah. If you're in the glove, you know, shout out to you over there, the hand or hand or the mitten or whatever y'all like in your state to a hand. Uh, National Winnie the Pooh Day, National Pecking Duck Day, National Thesaurus Day, everyone's favorite dinosaur. You are nailing those pronunciations. By yeah, the way. yeah, yeah, the yeah. Emphasis yeah, yeah. is always is Someone, always in an interesting place. Did you see that tweet that was like, hey, kids who like learn vocabulary through reading books like what's a word you epically mispronounced because you'd only interacted it in books i'm curious if you have a word like that because i I don't you know acrid i would say a crit a crit (laughs) yeah and then i was in a writer's room acid with an r and yeah and somebody was like what'd you just say i'm like you know that acrid taste in your mouth they're like acrid i'm like fuck Hey, this hey, everybody, hold on, hold on, hold on, Miles, Miles, could you just, <laughs> could you just repeat that real quick, what you just said, yeah, that quietly in the back of the room to me? That acrid taste in your mouth from the smoke in the, in the I'm sure our listeners can tell me all the shit that I've mispronounced. But. Our guest has one, just go ahead. Comfort table. Oh, no, what, you said comfort table? Mm-hmm. Wow. Comfort, comfort table. I said comfort, comfort table, table for a long stay time. Stay for the seat. Right. There you go. Okay, I like that. Um, anyway, my bad. Right back. Just to a comfy water. table. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it also suggests a childhood where you were so rarely comfortable that you just didn't didn't have any use to say that word out loud. You just read about it in books. Never well, seen that word. <laughs> also, when your when your parents don't know how to say a word, you don't learn what that word is until right, right. much later. Right. Yeah. Right. I thought it was bullshit. Bullshit. As in a bowl of shit. Hey, works just as well. Bullshit. Yeah, you're like, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, a bowl of shit. That's a bowl of (laughs) shit. (laughs) Miles, you said something very funny over text. You you instructed an entity to drink your shit earlier. Yeah, yeah, I said uh, drink my shit. Which really made me laugh very hard. You doing okay, Miles? 
Yeah, yeah. I'm just, I'm. It's just, it had, had to do with the liquids? Laker game. No, it had to do the Laker game. So it's nothing high yeah, yeah. stakes, but it. Jack and I had a, a face off over the weekend. The Sixers yeah, versus yeah. Lakers. But anyway, it's yeah, nothing important. John Woo, Nick Cage, John Travolta style. I mean, it sounds like you want to talk about it. I want to take my face off. Uh, we'll get to it on maybe another podcast. <laughs> Anyways, my name's Jack O'Brien, aka They're Plump. They're plump, they're plump, look at my legs. <laughs> they're plump, they're plump, they're plump, like pony kegs. That is courtesy of the one, the only, Christy Yamaguchi main. Just talking about these little pony keg legs that I walk around on. <laughs> and I'm thrilled to be joined, as always, by my co-host, Mr. Miles Gray! Uh-huh, this bullshit. All the grifters get a load of this shit. Few times I've been around that track, so it's probably just gonna happen like that. But I ain't no Russian hack, George. I ain't no Russian hack, George. Okay, shout out to Vaccaroni for that hollaback girl, George Santos. Mashup. Yeah. There you go. I saw an article that was like, wow, the like cries of appropriation ring out in the U.S. Japan merely shrugs its shoulders. <laughs> About like thinking <laughs> what was going on with that. I'm like. Yeah, the Japanese people are not easily offended about cultural appropriation. Let me just say huh. that's just kind of that's just kind of yeah. the stance I think most Asian people have when they're like, "Oh, y'all talking about us?" Okay, because yeah. over here we do it really wrong. That's right. <laughs> well, we Miles, we are thrilled out. to be joined in our third seat by a hilarious comedian, writer, director, viral sensation, the brilliant, the talented Sarju. I forgot an AKA because you guys, uh, you don't tell me to do it, so I always forget about it. You don't have to. Yeah. Don't have to but you know what? My name is a song in itself. It mm-hmm. is. Indeed. It's a beautiful song. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of Any songs thoughts? written about me, named after me. Yeah. Wait, so come for a table. Come for a table. Bulls, bulls shit. Bullshit. Bullshit. <laughs> bull, <laughs> bullshit. I just love Bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> How long did you start saying it? Like, when was the moment you had to have that reckoning with the real world? And you're like, I'm sorry, what What did you just say? With with bullshit? Yeah. It was after, I don't know. I I, I think I read it, and then I heard somebody else say it. I heard a different adult say it, and I was right. like, oh. Uh. If you step away from the two options and then come back to them with fresh eyes, I don't know why bullshit makes more sense, because it's just specifying a animal. Like an animal's type of shit yeah, that's they probably both make less sense. offensive. Yeah. yeah. A bowl of shit at least specifies a quantity. Yeah. And know? it's like, you're trying to serve me this shit? Yeah. Like, you want me to eat it from a bowl? Yeah. Right. I call bullshit. I call, I call bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> I call cuss shit. Try asshole. I call bullshit. <laughs> oh, wow. They said it comes from a French word. God. Bullshit? Bullshit? Of bull, which means like liar or lie. Ooh. In old uh, French... The, uh, from the old French bull, me- meaning fraud or deceit. I don't know. Whatever. It's like one hey. of those things we'll never know. I just prefer someone be like, nah, man, that's bullshit. That's not food that the guy just served you. That was bullshit from out back. bullshit. <laughs> that guy's and a you bull. You gobbled it up. You and loved a bull, it. too. All right. We're going to get to know you a little bit better in a moment. First, we're going to tell our listeners a couple of things we're talking about. Uh, we're going to talk about a fight. That might may or may not have happened in the Capitol bathroom. Oh, it happened. It happened. Reports are it happened yeah. between Lauren Gogurt and yep. MTG. Yep. So the MTG is that the the Marvel Cinematic Universe. That's exactly. that's the one. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. Yeah, we're we're big fans here. You always got to keep up with the latest installment. The bloody bloody Murdogs. Murdochs. 
Mm-hmm. The the South Carolina corrupt legal family decades, generations of having power in a small South Carolina town. And then there's a bunch of murders and deaths what? and <laughs> that that implicated them. And the trial is starting next week. The New Yorker sent a reporter down, which meant that I read a New Yorker article, which means that I have to share it with everybody. So it must, but it, it it's a it's a doozy. So we'll check in with with that story. We're going to talk about there's a new Gerard Butler movie over the weekend that did kind of good made like 14 million dollars even though i i was not aware of its existence <laughs> and we're we're going to talk about just sort of a a long standing trend we've seen of like sort of conservatism in the politics of his action movies and yeah all of that plenty more but first sir we do like to ask our guests what is something from your search history oh well funny you mentioned reading a single New Yorker article and then having to tell everyone about it because I did the same thing, but it was a different New Yorker article than the one you read, which meant I couldn't read the one that you linked me to because I'm not allowed. Uh, No more free articles. Yeah, Yeah. I was locked out of the Can you just use a private browser window? That doesn't work. You have to do some other They're onto us, Miles. Oh, they are? You can't even do like reader mode or whatever? Oh, maybe reader mode would work. Sometimes reader mode can see can't yeah, yeah, yeah. Website, uh, I'm, anyway. I'm behind on the hacks. Uh, I used to use 12 foot, but that that doesn't work yeah. anymore. But I did, uh, as a result of reading a single New York article, um, my last Google search is Kendall Getty website. Okay. There was an article in the New Yorker about the Getty family, which is a super, super massive, very, very rich family, very uh, big California family, a lot of foundations and places and philanthropy things named after them particularly in the state. And the article was about how their money manager had been fired and then had filed, I think, like an improper termination lawsuit. And so as a result of the lawsuit, all of their tax avoidance strategies are being discussed as part of the court record, which is really fun. And Kendall Getty is one of the Getty heiresses. Uh, She is a multimedia artist. And I really urge you guys to Google her and go to her website so you can look at her art. Sometimes I think that I don't know anything about art and I don't know if it's good or bad, but it turns out I do know. <laughs> you, you have some sense. Yeah, sometimes you go to a museum it. and you go, I don't know. I like this one. I don't like this one. I don't really know why. I don't know what art is good and bad. I just know what I like. But then you see some art and you're like, that's bad art. Mm. You know, I didn't have to go to art school to to know this art's bad. Oh, what, so, was it was this the same Getty that like had that inexplicable like spread like cover story done about him in a magazine like in the last year and people were like what the fuck is going on they're like they're a Getty yeah and then it was like oh that's yeah, why yeah yeah the this Getty family has like a there. lot of heirs because J Paul Getty who was the one that made most of the money had right. like a ton of children by a ton of different mothers and so uh, and he like like, cut a couple of them out of his will like it's very dramatic the the article gets into it it's it's very good so it seems Mm. like shitty billionaire bob marley kind of like you're like yeah man of course you (laughs) j paul getty's grands everybody's fucking related to j paul getty man yeah so like for example kendall getty's instagram bio includes the phrase bastard princess because she is an illegitimate getty heir Wow! Yeah, <laughs> just Game of Thrones or some shit. Yeah. Also, it's uh, she, uh, she's in the Democratic Socialists of America. It's a great good article. For, good wow. for you, yeah. Kendall. 
it's good. It's all about how how money managers help their millennial clients invest in more ethically responsible portfolios. <laughs> right. Start one. Uh, pay, yeah. <laughs> point it's one. Really good. All the millennials have portfolios. They're trying to diversify. <laughs> it's the most exciting article about tax evasion that I've ever read. I'll say that. Right. There's there's it. a lot of that. That that actually ends up being not not really tax evasion, but like complicated financial crimes that are just by design so complicated that your eyes glaze over two sentences into the paragraph where they're describing it. Yep. It seems to be at the heart of this Murdoch empire. Yeah, it turns out that the whole money making money thing is like legal, but all of the lawyers that know about it are like, we gotta do this as much as we can before it becomes illegal. Because right. once people once people's eyes stop glazing over and they realize what we're doing, they're yeah. going to make it illegal. Yeah, the right, overall right, right. shape of it is them stealing money from poor people. Like yeah. that, that is what is happening. But and also just, just avoiding taxes, like avoiding yeah. taxes for generations and generations by passing things down in these trusts and pretending that they don't live in California so they don't have to pay California property taxes, even though they do live in California. Like, you know, it's, it's yeah. succession shit for sure. Right. Yeah, I mean, they even have a fuck up named Kendall. That's who, exactly. who has artistic yeah. aspirations. That's yes. that rules. They they made their money though in like a really smart way, where they just like had this brilliant idea that nobody thought. Oh no, wait, they just found a bunch of oil. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Yeah, became you used their influence from finding some oil to find all the oil. It's and, called entrepreneurship, Jack. Yeah, thank you, <laughs> dude. This one piece of art, it's like a deer with like a human mm. face on it with my like favorite a is the one that's car. a video called happy birthday mr president which i'll just spoil it for you guys is a shadow <laughs> play uh where you see the silhouette of a, of a girl sucking a man's penis and then he kills her but you should watch oh it God. it's on vimeo wow oh yo what? this website is wild what do you think that's implying like that's deep <laughs> well, it says that it wants to be um, a disruption of visual literacy, and I think that's what it is. This is. Have you seen that show, um, Nathan Barley? It was a British comedy that came out in the early aughts. I've heard of it, it, but I have never watched it. It like presages all this kind of shit, where it's like, dude, check out the newest art. And like this one picture she did is literally she clipped out a scene where like Jean Claude Van Damme is holding something, but she like collaged it in with like a porno where There's like some he's collages like, and honestly they're not the worst like of no, all like, the art on just, the website this one's just wild to look at i'm like why is jean-claude van damme doing this to this woman but <laughs> it's just the juxtaposition of like the things like yep and this one's my two in my 2d medium uh but anyway it feels like this very like provocative for provocation sake kind of art but it's really you know like a 14 year old it's really yeah, it a 14 year old's art speaks to me it speaks to me you're in her 14 year old yeah oh yeah 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 because like this I, re I mean i remember when i was younger like i did not i could not understand art could not understand poetry because i just hadn't lived enough and wasn't in touch enough with like meaning of life so this i'm like yeah this shit where van damme has like a sword to this naked lady yeah i get that shit's wild that's the point this speaks to me <laughs> what is uh something you think is overrated sorry uh, I mean, I'm just looking at this website now again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Wait, when I search Kendall Getty, uh, I get a lot of Getty image results for Kendall, for Kendall Jenner. Jenner. Right, it's right. Kendall yeah. with an E. It's K-E-N-D-A-L-L-E. -E. Yeah, Ken Dolly. It says, Kendali. who is, who is yeah. Kendali Getty.com? 
Yeah. I love it's like, 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 what is the matrix.com when that fucking trailer came out? <sighs> Who is she? Found it. What, what is something you think is overrated besides <laughs> Sorry, the works of Kendall Getty? <laughs> Sorry, she's on her own Instagram posting at NY Times. Somebody please report on Iran. Thank you so much, Kendall, for your support. Okay. Uh, what is something I think is overrated? Preventative Botox. I think it should stop. <laughs> it should stop. What's I know you guys are on that tip hard. Yeah. The whole getting Botox at 23 so that your face never has a chance to form wrinkles. Oh, like saying, like, I'm not even going to let y'all see some wrinkles on this fucking face mm-hmm. kind of shit. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's, yeah. It's, that it's like really lot. weird. And there's a lot of, like, teens. I mean, literally, they're, like, 19 on TikTok. And they're, like, you know, it's, like, one of those memes where they're, like, everybody's saying I'm crazy. Me getting preventative Botox at 19. And, like, you know. It's it looks weird. Looks weird. Everyone can tell. It doesn't yeah. look good. Getting wrinkles is fine. Aging is okay. You know. Yeah, don't worry. So what your forehead's gonna look like Kylo Ren's mask in a few years. So what it, I'm, it ends I'm up trying to get my forehead to look like that Joy Division cover. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In four D. Yeah. <laughs> like Kendall just like Kendall Getty's art. Did you see under the four D yes, section of her art? I'm sorry. It's just videos. I know. I'm like, that ain't the fourth dimension. Can all right, whatever. Anyway. Like, uh, let's smell some oranges while you're looking at it. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, I love that smelling while looking at art. Yeah. This the I, you know, it's true. Like the whole thing with your face being frozen, like it affects your ability to emote. Like, yeah. I I know I was the only person I was like, yo, like Aubrey Plaza is really playing this whole character deadpan in White Lotus. <laughs> and I was like, oh, no, nah, shit's frozen. Get it's ready. Froze. Get up. ready, yeah, Miles. Yeah. Everybody's about to be that deadpan. I We're know, not even right? going to recognize it as deadpan anymore. You know? give, yeah. People are always talking about like the dead eye look. And it's like it's because your face is frozen. Right. To like the person who just doesn't do the like the way they were emoting. Yeah. I've never seen anything like this in it's my like life. like they were trying to express emotion, but everything around them made it. It was so restrained. You know, that's going to be the <laughs> word you hear a lot when it comes to performances. Restrained. So very restrained, very subtle. The subtlety very of the subtle. anger. Yeah. Very, the subtlety of their anger was very clear. But studies have found, and I don't, I like a lot of studies that came out in the 2000s that, you know, were like, whoa. And like, you know. I, I wrote about them in uh, Cracked and then, you know, I, I probably need to do some re-research on that. But, like, there were studies that found that people who do Botox report feeling less emotions because they can't, they move. can't move their face. And, like, you know, it, you don't want to go down the slippery slope to, like, just smile and you'll feel better. But it does seem like there is a two-way street that happens between the face and the brain. And so, like, the, if you get Botox, you just, like, feel dead if your face is not able to make the same expressions that it normally would via emotion. That's depressing. There was even the thing that they're you saying, You can't like, tell that I'm feeling depressed, but it's depressing. Yeah, that really hits sorrow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, but you, you played it really subtle, so shout out to you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I remember, like, I think we even talked about on the show about how, like, some, like, doctors are saying, like, if you go too hard on that, like, you're, like, like parent infant communication skills also begin like that also look oh, for sure. like babies yeah. are like, oh, yeah, this motherfucker's not impressed at all. Facial <laughs> expressions are like pretty important to our communication as a species, like yes. extremely, extremely important. And 
you know, it's kind of a it's kind of a hack joke of like somebody getting too much Botox and can't make a facial expression. But right. honestly, right. it's fucking terrifying because, yeah. yeah, babies learn to make facial expressions because they see you make facial expressions. And right. that's why it's important to smile at Oof. babies so that they can smile and why like them smiling is a really important developmental milestone. And like if babies don't make facial expressions, it's like a potential sign that they might be autistic. You know, it's like it's a, it's an important thing to be able to do. And like autistic children are taught facial expressions and how to read facial expressions. Like that's how important it is. It's like if you don't instinctively understand it, it's important enough that you have to learn it. I don't know why I have to explain that facial expressions are important. Yeah, right. Turns out. But it is something that's just not even like factored into the equation of whether or not to get Botox. Yeah. As opposed to like wrinkles that only somebody who is staring at themselves in the mirror for 45 minutes straight will notice. That's why they got levels to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they dilute it. You know, they get the watercolor. I heard my homegirls right. talking about that one. It's like, yeah, just a little bit all over, so you still got a little control. I'm like, all right. I'm talking about Yeah, that's what they call it. Like, I think they I think they water it down like it's fucking base. Like, they're cutting yeah. crack or some shit. They're like, yeah, you just water it down a little bit, and then it gives it a little more of a natural look. Mm. Uh, but anyway, you know, to each their own. Because I know, I mean, I remember my dad, well, he's like, he had headaches or some shit and got it, but then it didn't work. Yeah, it's an actual medical treatment that works for some things. But then, you know, the plastic <sighs> Yeah, when you need a muscle to freeze, industry. it's really useful. Yeah, just need <laughs> to, right. yeah, I still got time. I'm all right. What is something you think is underrated? I have so many more underrateds than overrateds. <laughs> Overall, good, I'm, good. I'm just a big appreciator. I, okay, so before... December 31st, all three rush hours were on Netflix. Um, I watched them in a row <laughs> and I do think they're underrated. I would love to talk about them. Mm-hmm. I think Samin Nosrat is underrated, even though she's extremely she's she's gotten a lot of praise. She won the James Beard Award, but I still think she's underrated. I think people don't appreciate her enough. This woman is the Julia Child of the 2020s. And then the last thing that I think is underrated is uh, rain catchment. We got uh, rain barrels where I live and they filled up really quickly and now i'm obsessed with how much rain catchment we could be doing on a municipal scale and you know yeah i live in los angeles it's a very dry place we have a very low level of rainfall and we have a lot of water problems and now i'm like water rich and i'm going mad with power with all the water i have (laughs) you're like look at this cistern i built (laughs) just slapping my barrels like look at this feel that listen to that And when I turn on the spigot and it sprays out, I just laugh maniacally. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, it's amazing. It's it's really mind blowing when you've like lived in a place like, you know, Southern California for a long time. And you're used to thinking of water as an extremely precious resource, which it is, you know. Right. If I lived in uh, a rainier place, perhaps I wouldn't uh, worry so much. But, you you know, you're like, oh, water, it's all it's so expensive and I got to get it from the water company. And then it's just falling out of the sky and you're like, I can put it in this barrel. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so how does one. the catchment system work? Like, do you, is it just a barrel that sits out and the rain that happens to fall in it? Or is there like some collecting mechanism? It's a, the downspout. You know how like your roof has gutters and the gutters feed into downspouts and then water just goes out. You just connect the downspout to a barrel. Right, to the top. And like, yeah. there's different ways of doing it. You can have like, if you have an open top barrel, then of course, once the rain's over, you got to seal it so that bugs don't breed inside. But right. the the kind that we got was like a closed system. So it just goes from the barrel. I'm sorry, from the downspout into the barrel and it's all sealed. And then you just turn on the spigot when you want it. It's, it's, so, yeah. it's so cool. And now wherever I go, I'm just thinking about the catchment possibilities and 
large buildings and paved areas and I'm like looking at the gutters and all of the all of the runoff that we get in LA just goes straight to the ocean, which, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like something they should address. We were talking about that last week that we are a place that is like chronically out of water and then we have this one huge downpour every six months. And we we're just like, oh man, that water will be useful in a month. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, well (laughs) I think that's the other part too is like even locally, right? Like in my yard, like I dug a swale to like basically have more ways for the water to re-enter the like the ground because yeah, if you miles. have grass that shit ain't doing it so i put a swale in i'm like because i think that's one way i've been dealing with a lot of my anxiety about climate and shit is like fuck like part of me is like man why the fuck do i gotta do this shit because all these motherfuckers at the fucking exxon who knew this fuck shit this for swale. decades but i'm like god <laughs> damn it i guess i gotta do this shit because they won't but it feels good because in a way that's a really beneficial like they're really trying to encourage that more in la especially because too many people have grass lawns and you could actually be doing shit to like when we have rain like that you you could feed that water back into the ground and also like native like rewilding shit because you look at all the last of like like uh, i'm sorry the loss of like biomass and the insects and things like that it's as easy as like taking your like people's vanity plants that they put in their yards and just putting back local fucking just shit that grow that grows here yeah it's native and it's so much easier too that's the thing it's so much easier to take care of it's so much easier to grow you literally just throw seeds on the ground before it rains and then boom like a month later you got flowers yeah all right let's take a quick break we'll be right back to talk lauren marjorie and uh all sorts of shit you like to watch new stuff right zygang i know i do well, go to Hulu and see what's new. Because Hulu has new stuff all the time, like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump. Join Lisa and her hand-selected staff at Chateau Rosabelle, a glamorous estate in the French countryside, as they live, work, and play together 24-7. Vanderpump Villa is where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. And don't miss the new season of The Kardashians, uh, starring The Kardashians, of course. And season five promises new horizons for the entire Kardashian clan. And if you're looking for steamy streams, check out Grand Cayman Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set on the tropical Caribbean island of Grand Cayman, where the rich come to play. But be warned, it's a small island and secrets don't stay secret for long. So come check out what's new on Hulu this month. It's streaming now and it's waiting for you on Hulu. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. And so... Yeah, the, there's <laughs> exactly. That, that's the tone of the first story. <laughs> oh my god! Principal McCarthy, Lauren, and Marjorie are fighting in the bathroom. <laughs> that's what happened a couple of weeks ago, apparently. And like for all the shit talking we do about our elected officials in Washington, it's nice to get the occasional reminder that we aren't wrong, and that a bunch of malformed ego ego freaks do in fact make up the majority of Congress. But the latest goss. Is It's quite literally out of the Capitol bathrooms <laughs> where reports are emerging of a friendship ending fight. Although no. it's, it's debatable between whether or not these two people are friends, but between Lowen, I said Lowen. Hold on, hold on. Let me get into my sleepover position where I hold yeah, the yeah. phone to my ear and I kick Wait, my feet behind hold me. Hold on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hold on. Three-way the Corey line. The, the cord in your finger. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Here's some other words that rhyme with Corey. Story. Allegory. Uh, anyway, shout out to Simpsons reference. Um, but this latest gossip, right? They're in the bathroom. It's Lauren Golgert versus Majorly Tainted Fiend. And they had to face off. And, and look, the way this even works, again, I'm not even sure these people even have a functional understanding of what a friendship is. But at the very least, they will not be sharing clan robes after this bust up. I will. I can say this. So the showdown happened as the speakership vote kicked off and McCarthy was taking more L's than a drug dealer whose plug is in Canarsie. Boom. Please, please bomb drop that. Did I do that right? New York hip hop. Thank <laughs> you so much. That was so good. You know, what I mean, take the L to Canarsie. Anyway, uh, so Marjorie Taylor Greene confronted Lauren in the bathroom and the exchange goes as follows based on quotes from the people that uh, reported this in the Daily Beast. First, Margie Taylor Green comes up, apparently blows out of a bathroom stall like a fucking villain and is like, so, quote, you were okay taking millions of dollars from McCarthy, but you refuse to vote for him for speaker, Lauren? Lauren turns around. Don't be ugly. And then Mm. allegedly, according to the witnesses that were there, quote, ran out like a schoolgirl. Wait, there were other people in the bathroom? Yes. One was uh, Representative Debbie Dingle. Uh, from Massachusetts, shout Shut out, or, I mean, Michigan, up. from Michigan. She's a Democrat. But she, when they asked her, they're like, yo, were you in there? And she's like, look, what happens in the bathroom stays in the bathroom. She kept the G code. She said, mm-hmm. that's where we go to handle shit in the bathroom, like a public high school. Like Now ask baby. me off the record. Now <laughs> ask me off the record. She ran out like a little girl. <laughs> she may have been the source for this story. But yeah, this is like, apparently this has been brewing for years, which makes sense because they're both like, the same version of like a guano brained racist who's like reality is formed by Facebook shit posts. But I think 
what the the problem was there could only be one you know like just yeah. completely out there right wing ethno nationalist spokesperson well you and always on, hate the person who's most like you you know right right yeah and on one side you had tough marge and then you had cutie gun gun in the form of Lauren Lauren Golgert and I guess it makes sense that it came to to a head there. But a lot of people are still trying to figure out what the millions of dollars comment was because they're like, hold on, like was Kevin McCarthy's pack sending Lauren Boebert money? They couldn't quite, it doesn't matter. But it's just wild because the GOP is now entering like the kids being banished from the cafeteria so they have to eat their lunch in the library now phase. Yeah. Which if we all remember, that is the first cancel culture. <laughs> when... when- too, when too someone, much drama, you get banished to the... When you, like, lose your social cachet, like, in mm. high school, and they're like, they're like, yo, they don't eat with them now. They eat with them now. And you're like, ah, they were canceled. <laughs> I think the first cancel culture is a timeout. Yeah, right. truly. Yeah. I guess, yeah. This when is you're one little that really and you got don't share, me. you get canceled. Yeah. For five MTG's minutes. line reads like it was scripted ahead of time. And practice, like just the way. It, oh, a hundred percent. You were Nobody okay taking millions of dollars. <laughs> so, <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, door flies open. Too like, come on. Now. This is true, and yet this is true. The thing that people <laughs> say all the time in it's conversation. Very gossip girl. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I love it, but ran out I like a little it. school girl. Uh, so it's getting it's getting ugly over there. But mm. um, I would love to hear more reports of what goes on in the congressional bathrooms, males included. Yeah. Yeah. We McConnell just did an absolute paint job in the congressional <laughs> yeah. bathroom. Oh, mess. they're like, dude, have you ever pissed next to Lindsey Graham at the <laughs> urinal? Dude, it <laughs> like he like ha- he's giving himself pep talks like his flows all week, dude. It's so awkward. And then I feel bad that I'm peeing all normal. And then he gets all d- just down and out next to me. See, this is what people used to do before Twitter is just be mean to each other in the bathroom. Right. Yeah. yeah. And then write about it literally on the bathroom wall. Yeah. Right. And then That's, everybody yeah. would be like, did you hear what happened in the bathroom? Right. Yeah. Did you like, hear what Lindsay happened? Lindsay has in the a weak stream. <laughs> <laughs> that is one of the worst. It, it, like when you're peeing next to a, usually an older person, yeah. and it's just evidently very painful. <laughs> That's like the that's like one of the first moments you have about your mortality, I think, as a man entering the workforce, because like I remember one of my first like big office jobs where like you interacted with like one of the higher ups who's like 75 and then you both are in the bathroom and like Mm -hmm. I'm over here be like, (laughs) (laughs) and then my man's over here like fucking the green mile. Like Tom yeah. Hanks, like yeah, like it's look. <laughs> Tom I'm, Hanks is major character conflict. <laughs> Sounds like a yeah. trap song. It's like beep, 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 yeah. A lot of breath work happening. They've like discovered Kundalini yoga, like through just having to piss all the time. And it became. I remember this one job I had where got some kidney stones you're like whoa (laughs) kidney stones but yeah i just you look it's it's the passage of time and it comes for us all but anyway drama for me no prostate (laughs) yeah hey good for you anyway guys get your prostate checked yeah yeah all right let's talk about the murdochs we we checked into this i thought it was murdoch 
Murdahl is what it looks like it should be pronounced. So this is an example here. of this. I was saying it wrong. The New Yorker in I don't know one what of you the opening paragraphs asking. said Murdoch. <laughs> and this will be the first time I've been pronouncing their names correctly. And I apologize. I should have put more respect on your name, the Murdochs. <laughs> so this is a story that's been kind of had our attention in drips and drabs, going back to old people pissing, mm-hmm. as the as the details kind of leaked out. But the so so the New Yorker went down because the the trial of Alex Murdoch, the sort of patriarch and main criminal defendant in this thing is about to start. So basically they they were just like running this town. They they like ha- they were the most powerful attorneys, they were connected to all of the most powerful judges, all, all of the law enforcement kind of answered to them. The thing that kicked it all off. Their son got really drunk, which was kind of what he was known for, just always being hammered. Uh got really drunk and crashed a boat into a bridge with a bunch of people on it, and it resulted in the death of a young girl. They was it hired, Labor Day? That sounds like a Labor Day crime. I, I don't remember. It was like a few years back. It was 2018. It, impossible to say, sorry. Okay. What day <laughs> it was. No, it's, it's in the article. I just didn't write it down. Uh, so they hire an attorney for him by the name of Dick Harputlian. Mm. And it turns out Dick Harputlian is a powerful state senator a member of the Senate Judiciary Committee in South Carolina. And I can't emphasize this enough. His name's Dick Harputlian. And so he comes in. It's looking like he's going to shoot holes in the case and, like, get this dude off. And then suddenly uh, that that young man, the chronically drunk son of this, you know, huge, powerful family, and his mom are murdered. In on the night of June seventh, twenty twenty one. Got that date. They're they're found dead outside the kennels on their seventeen acre hunting estate, and then three uh, months that's, late. Sorry, seventeen hundred. Hundred. Seventeen hundred <laughs> acre. Jack, they're not estate. poor. <laughs> sorry, sorry, <laughs> I had to. Was it not in my uh, Murdoch mindset? How can you hunt uh, people on seventeen acres, Jack? <laughs> yeah, exactly. The, people will be able to hear them scream. Oh, you only need to give them a 15 second head start? No, come on. That's just that's just poor form. <laughs> that's non-sporting. Three months later, Alex. So Alex was the one who found his son and wife and called 911. Three months later, he calls 911 again, telling the dispatcher he'd been shot in the head by a stranger while changing a flat tire on his car. And then people quickly realize, like, an eyewitness is like, it looked really weird when I drove by. Like, it looked like a setup. Quick, Quickly, it becomes evident that he had someone, like, shoot him. But nobody can even, like, find the wound. So he, like, it, it might have just been that he, like, asked the local law enforcement to, like, say he got shot. Oh, so he said he got... Oh, wait, I remember this, right? Because then he was like, I'm on opioids, man. That's what's going on. But he didn't yeah. actually even get shot in the head. He showed up in court. Two weeks later, and he he, there was no evident wound on on <laughs> God, him. There are a the lot fuck? of other body parts you could pretend to be shot in, right? Yeah, exactly. or just take a real one and be like, yeah. "Yo, I'll just G- just get in the muscle. Come on, let's go." Uh, but instead, <laughs> he did a fake head. Come on, Alex, let's go. <laughs> and and so the his like ne'er do well cousin Eddie 
Yes. <laughs> who was supposedly the person who shot him, according to Alex, like, because he paid him to. So Alex basically went with the, like, hey, man, I'm on a lot of opioids. Like, I need, <laughs> I needed the money for opioids. When the reporter asked Harputlian about the fact that Alex showed up for a bond hearing with no sign of injury to his head two weeks after the incident, uh, Harputlian said, good hair. That was his explanation. So these people just like don't give a fuck. Jeez. What is that? So fucking mean? brazen. I he, think he's just he, trying to be like, he he's has got such good a good hair, head of hair that you couldn't see a bullet wound in his oh head. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> like, There's something what? wrong with her Putlian. Yeah. Well, yeah, these people were drunk as fuck on power, man. Incredibly powerful. The most powerful Harputlian in the galaxy. Yeah. He, he's the most, like, people say he's the most powerful person in South Carolina. Damn. How do you get away with, like, becoming that powerful and having the name Harputlian? I don't know. It, it rings bells. Or maybe bells. it helps. Maybe that's, I like, like, thinking that, like he's the from most... Peacock. He's from the planet Harputli. Which is so yeah. wild, though, that the the most powerful Armenian-American in this country isn't a Kardashian. It's this motherfucker, Harputlian, <laughs> right. who's like, yeah, man, I could... I, I, I said my client got shot in the head. He fucking did it, fool. And I'm still <laughs> banging out here. Like, wow. Yeah. So the two new cases crop up. Like, now that people are, like, looking at this, they, they start to assume that Alex was involved in the murder of his son and his wife. And, in fact, now he is accused of being the sole gunman in the murder of his son and wife. And also two new crace- cases have cropped up that were people who died on their property. Right. That it's sus it's really suspicious like there's this guy steven smith who had been found dead in the middle of a road near their 1700 acre hunting estate uh, with a serious head injury superficial appearances suggested he'd run out of gas begun walking home been accidentally hit by a vehicle except there was no evidence of a hit and run or like any vehicle there was no vehicle debris skid marks and then people are like i the, the rumor starts to spread that he was murdered by Paul and Buster, the the oldest of the scions of this. Paul Paul is the younger one who would eventually be murdered. And but that is like the official state coroner comes back and is like, or or no, wait, it's the official. It's what so some official comes back and is like, he was hit by a car. Not nothing to see here. This is a normal collar. Leave it alone. And so no, no murder. No Murdochs were ever questioned in that one, but there's like some rumor that Smith was gay and his name was linked to Buster's and the gossip mill of former high school classmates. And so it was like done to cover up any homosexual activity by Buster. I can't believe there's a real Buster in this tale of familial financial drama. I know it's it's wild. Uh, Then there was a housekeeper who died in the house and they used the basically He then reached out to her sons and was like, hey, you could sue me for $500,000 and then I will get collect the payment for you and pay you back. And the sons were like, "Okay, we're you know, we don't have any money and we are about to be evicted from our our mobile home. So they agreed to that. Never saw a penny. And like, as the local reporters were kind of going through all this shit, they discovered that he had in fact collected the $500,000, Alex Murdoch, and just like took it and didn't pay the children of the housekeeper who died on their property. 
And so that then leads to them being like, and in fact, that is really the only way this guy ever made money. Like, that's all he did was his law firm basically was like really good at suing people for like that was kind of the main industry in that part of town because like all the factories had closed and, you know, just capitalism, capitalism, capitalismed all over the place. Like they had there was a bunch of farming that happened that just had no long term respect for the land and it like leached it of all its minerals and like. So the place is just the only the the only industry is this law firm suing people, essentially. And then taking their settlement money. And then he would find ways to siphon off settlement money. It's a tale as old as time, Jack. Tom Girardi was doing the, the Real Housewives taught us all about this recently with another guy who was like the he's like, oh, man, these people blew up in a gas explosion in the Bay Area. I'm also going to keep the money. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. I it's guess like this is just huge... how these people get down. And like they talk about how it is still like a big industry in South Carolina. Like that's how the laws are set up is that they will basically treat these settlement payments like, you know, cash payday loans. And they basically take advantage of the fact that the people who are getting these settlements need the money. And they're like, here, we'll pay you 30 percent of that now. And then we get the rest like as it comes out later on down the road. And that's on the books that's not even like against the law and what this guy he can do whatever he wants because the republicans are protecting him right Is that no, the deal? no 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 so we also get this interesting detail alex's oh. attorney still harputlian as he's facing murder trial is super well connected harputlian a former chair of the state democratic party has talked of playing golf with president joe biden oh, and his wow. wife was recently made u.s ambassador to slovenia <laughs> Well, who hasn't played golf with Joe Biden, Jack? Right. I'm serious. We've all played golf with Joe Biden. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> he doesn't remember it, but I do. Yeah. Right. But you can say it, and he doesn't want to admit that he doesn't remember, so he'll always say yes. He'll be like, oh, right. yeah, yeah. How you been? See, I told you. Wow. So Joe Byron, I mean, look, it just it's wild again, no matter where. You, you get powerful like this, it's the game's the same. It's like, yeah, man, there's rules for us, but if you know enough people, Bro, you can do whatever the fuck you want. I, yeah. I said Alex got shot in the head, bro. <laughs> he didn't. Anyway, yeah. I'm still cooking out here. Like, is is this guy in trouble at all? Or is he actually still the attorney in this guy's? Because you said Alex Murdoch's trial is starting now? Or like he's it's starting in the 23rd of January. And Harpoolian is his attorney. And <laughs> that's just the way it is. Like, the thing that I was talking about, like that, there's something called factoring. That's that's the practice of like basically lending people money or like taking people's settlement payments or siphoning it off. And it's all just it's all just, you know, the most immoral use of money to make money, as you said earlier, Sara. Like that's just they use the fact that they have a ton of money to take advantage of people who aren't capable don't have like the massive staff to understand all the legalities and like business complexities that they're using to take away their money and it's that that is the u.s economy like it's it's yeah. not isolated this is so we have way too many fucking fancy words for stealing from poor people exactly like 
Yeah, this, this part is really amazing. Factoring companies can offer cash up front to victims in exchange for part or all of their settlements at an average rate of 25 cents on the dollar. Yeah. In one case, judges <laughs> yeah. allowed companies to buy a young woman's entire settlement in a series of deals culminating in the purchase of her remaining tranche for about 10 cents on the dollar. The woman had suffered brain damage in a train collision at the age of 12, and the oh settlement was intended God. to support her for the rest of her life. A retired judge dryly underscored the state's tolerance of such practices by saying, we're all entitled to make stupid mistakes. Okay. Yeah. So there's no such thing. There's no such thing as predators. Only stupid, stupid idiots that make mistakes. Huh? Mm-hmm. Right. All right. Your honor. Thank you. Yeah. Stupid <sighs> idiots with their injury settlements in their home and their. <laughs> what did you have a TBI when you were 12 years old? Come on. Who makes a deal like that? Like, what? where is the emp? Like, I mean, there is. Yeah. No, I mean, it's literally like, like, why would you take out this home loan when you knew you couldn't afford it? Because I need a home. Yeah. Right. You idiot. Yeah. Who would give that to you? You. You encouraged yeah. me. You said this was the one to take. This is the way I was going to realize my dreams. You fucking know, targeted man. me. It's <laughs> just a know. bunch of like people, pri- privileged people like golfing together and, you know, let, letting each other do this shit. Right. And w- when Alex Murdoch, like, we'll, we'll update you guys as the case unfolds. But when he appeared for like the before the trial like there's a painting of his grandfather in the back of the courthouse like it's i love the south yeah well i i don't even think it's just the south like i think this it's is not just the south but i think i yeah. think the south is one is is a one place in america where a, a lot of the generational like d- dynastic generations have stayed in one place you know right. also this also really makes me think of uh you know that the the no one wants to work anymore thing And it's like, yeah, because we found out that the work that you were doing was just stealing from poor people. (laughs) So, (laughs) yeah, no, I don't really want to do that. Wait, so hold on. You got all of this from just stealing? Yeah, yeah. Fuck that. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not. not (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like, what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. It's like you become. I mean, who becomes a lawyer and then is like, well, can't wait to spend the rest of my life sucking the blood out of everybody around me. But the reporter is like still. They're like, I just can't get my mind around this person, like, killing their son. It just seems so far-fetched because, like, he, everything up to that point would have suggested that he was, you know, doing everything, like, using the machinations of his power to protect this kid. And, like, it just seems, it, but I feel like they're not taking into account, like, what addiction can do to your brain and the fact that, like, on a broad scale, you know, you you have these people who are making all this money and, you know, just completely immorally have no, like, no any social currency or, like, friends to, to speak of. They're produce just, nothing. Yeah, produce nothing. And then they are at the top and they're like, and then you can buy all the drugs that give you the brain chemical that is produced by the human interaction that we're that we've replaced with these capitalist machinations and so like it actually makes perfect sense to me that this person who had replaced who, who had like become drug addicted as at this point where they were just like nihilistically stealing from everyone and knew they couldn't be caught that they would get to that point because that's that's kind of what happens. It just completely alters your brain chemicals to the point that you're kind of inhuman. And that's like kind of the whole complete 
system that we've found is like you you have a system that completely siphons the humanity out of everything and then your reward for that is like drugs that give you the brain chemicals that right <laughs> that uh you, oh, you got to replace you, we used those to get old from chemicals. interacting with people I'm like yeah. going bowling well it with sounds people. like a perfect system to me yeah perfectly self-contained system sign us up yeah it's regenerative <laughs> anyways it's a it's worth a read. We'll link off to it in the footnotes. Footnotes. And we will keep you guys updated as the trial unfolds. He's going to walk, Jack. What's the over-under on that? <laughs> it's funny. The, the reporter's like, I was expecting it. Everyone was like, oh, he's this good old boy. You drop him in any southern town, he'd just, like, come off as just one of the guys. He'd be fine. And then, like, he walks in, and he's this, like, tall guy who looks like he just, like, stepped off of a yacht. And it's just like that that's who it is. He's and he's in a courtroom again with a painting of his grandfather in the back of it. You think he walks in and kisses his hand and then goes and then touches it to the painting, goes, That's my grandpa. <laughs> my grandpa. Probably right, what? What? Love you, Gramps. Love you, Grandpa. Love you, Pappy. <laughs> Love you, Gim Gim. <laughs> All right, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. You like to watch new stuff, right, Zygang? I know I do. Well, go to Hulu and see what's new. Because Hulu has new stuff all the time, like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump. Join Lisa and her hand-selected staff at Chateau Rosabelle, a glamorous estate in the French countryside, as they live, work, and play together 24-7. Vanderpump Villa is where... First-class luxury meets world-class drama. And don't miss the new season of The Kardashians, uh, starring The Kardashians, of course. And season five promises new horizons for the entire Kardashian clan. And if you're looking for steamy streams, check out Grand Cayman Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set on the tropical Caribbean island of Grand Cayman, where the rich come to play. But be warned, it's a small island. And secrets don't stay secret for long. So come check out what's new on Hulu this month. It's streaming now, and it's waiting for you on Hulu. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes. That it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. 
I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. And we're back. so is Gerard Butler at Jerry. your local Jerry. Yeah. So last weekend saw the release of Plane, which is the newest action movie starring Gerard Butler as P-L-A-N-E. some regular dude. Plane. Yeah. Just Plane. First yeah. off. We just want to really let's sit with that. His new movie. What's plane. it about? Uh, I think plane? a farmer. Oh. It's about uh let me just look this up. It's about plane. Hmm. Uh plane good. Yeah. Plane have bad guy, Gerard Butler good. Brown skin people bad, I think is what the. Mm. <laughs> that's his next movie. Brown skin people bad, uh, which we can't <laughs> wait to see either. But anyway, yeah, so plane came out. So the the reviews were actually like pretty decent. Like the, people are like, it's so simple and dumb that, and it like seems to know that it's simple and dumb. Right. Um, but it does have this kind of political bent that a lot of his movies seem to have. We've talked before about uh, Den of Thieves and how that is supposed to be like a gritty movie about that has in the background of it like the LA Sheriff's Department gangs but he's the like anti-hero and he's like right. part of those gangs and the bad guy in it ends up being like just a Kaiser Soze like international criminal mastermind like they have to like invent this wild criminal conspiracy to so so that you're rooting for the L.A. Sheriff's Department gangs, basically. And that's kind of what, like, through, throughout his movie. So, so first there was the th- 300, which was wildly racist. The war between the Spartans and the Persians was, you know, both the depiction, depiction of the Persians was, like, super racist. It was also a pretty clear allegory and justification for the Iraq War. Like, we needed one. Right, thank you. Jack, I was I mean, there. They had WMDs. But Marines of the time took inspiration from Butler and, like, talked about it in the media, be, being like, we're like the hopelessly outnumbered Spartans fighting heroically to the death. Except, you know, we're doing it from Apache helicopters. Except the power dynamics completely reversed. and has nothing to do with anything at all. But, yeah, right. it's like that. Yeah. Olympus Has Fallen came in 2013, a few years into Obama's presidency, and it was one of two movies that summer about a black president. And this time, in this case, it was played by Morgan Freeman, who allows the White House basically to be overtaken by terrorists and like has to be saved by a white Secret Service agent, White House Down being the other one. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> basically, yeah, it's just like, I don't know, there's a bunch of I, I never saw that movie, but people seemed to think that it was like pretty, pretty clear cut. It's like this guy doesn't know what he's doing. And then yeah. there's also like a, a subplot with Russians interfering on behalf of Morgan Freeman to like get him elected, essentially. So like dude, 4D, dude, that's yeah. sick. That was in that. I didn't even I just I just noticed everyone exploding when I first saw the movie. I had no idea it was about anything. 
Yeah. But it's like even plane, right? Is like about dude, the de- <laughs> description of plane. This you know what the fuck his fucking character's name is? Brody Torrance. Okay. Yes. That's fucking Hell cool. yeah. That's, that's like some cool. That's some porn shit. I like they said pilot Brody Torrance saves passengers from a lightning strike by making a risky landing on a war torn island, only to find that surviving the landing was just the beginning when dangerous rebels take most of the passengers hostage. The only person Torrance can count on for help is Louis Gaspar, an accused murderer who is being transported by the FBI. Oh, I yeah. hate rebels, except in Star Wars. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And it's well, people completely missed I, the point of that one too. Yeah, it takes place in the Philippines, which, you know, is a place that the US intervened in and you know that Just US, one of the most heavily fucking colonized yeah, countries on the fucking earth. Yeah, has like destroyed and basically the the movie just treats it as like, well, this is a hellhole, but US <laughs> is here and we're here to like save the day. And also, by the way, Brody Torrance, he is only a I'm sorry airline. when you say Brody Torrance I just imagine a 14 year old a 14 year old <laughs> white boy who skateboards who right? wrote like, this movie that's presumably right, oh, right? Yeah, I or, hope so. yeah or I feel like it's a character Brody Reed would have been very upset about because like Torrance ain't in the fucking valley dude Brody <laughs> Torrance you fucking serious <laughs> that's that's my first movie. yeah yeah no it, it sounds rest like a peace, guy on the OC right he is only flying this difficult shift because he was filmed attacking a rude passenger one time and it went viral. So it's oh, also so he was an anti, canceled? Yeah, it's also <laughs> anti-cancel culture. Yes. So glad they worked that in. Yeah. All because I assaulted a passenger. <laughs> yeah. Like, what? I, I'm sorry, that's supposed to make you sympathetic <laughs> towards to the audience? Yeah. Haven't you ever assaulted a passenger on a plane, Miles? Uh, it's relatable. No. <laughs> yeah, seriously. London has fallen the follow-up to White House Down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they were like, can't say London down because they're too fancy. So we have to say London has fallen. Mm. But it is basically, it was decried immediately for its blatant Islamophobia, ugly reactionary fear mongering. At one point, Butler's character tells an assailant, get back to fuck Hedistan or wherever it is you're from. That happens in the mo- in a movie that like yeah. came out and that was popular. People that cheered had a in the theater. I remember. Yeah. What's that? So people cheered in the theater, I remember. Really? No. (laughs) It's just the vibes of these films just sound like some guy who's like clearly has like he has a writing career, but his entire perspective is just shaped by like like cursory glances at Fox News. Right. And he's just like, oh, yeah, I get I know geopolitics, man. Watch this shit, man. Yeah. Fucking they're dirty and he's the hero and that's it. Yeah. So do they do the bad guys in this movie? Are they they're from from where? Do we know or is it fuck Hedistan? I I actually don't know, but I don't know if it's ever treated with more. I uh, love if they never say. And they're, yeah, they're just like, <laughs> yeah, no, that's actually where they're from. He he was correct. You know, <laughs> movies do occasionally invent entire cunt nations, so may, maybe that's what they did. I did actually misspeak earlier. White House Down is not the one with the Putin Russia election hacking plot because that came out too early for that to speak to the mega base. Uh, it was actually Angel Has Fallen, the third in the series, uh, the, yeah, the yeah, sequel yeah. to the one where he says, Get back to the fuckhead of Stan. Angel Has Fallen was criticized for uh, lionizing Trump 
while also like making him a villain. But the the villain turns out to be uh, Morgan Freeman's vice president who wants to go to war with Russia and make America strong again. But then it turns out that like Morgan Freeman, uh, the former Obama stand-in, was secretly elected thanks to Russian interference. Mm. So it's Got like, it. so really we're all bad. And 100%. everybody just needs to So they, they photoshopped Morgan Freeman in to like an image with Putin. Yeah, that was the last scene That's of the movie awesome. to be like we he he smoothed it over and everything's good. That's cool. We also need to talk about Geostorm, which is a disaster movie supposedly about climate change, but the real villain turns out to be a Democratic president's incompetence and also his secretary of state who straight up sabotaged the futuristic satellites that could fix climate change in order <laughs> to attack America's enemies. So climate change isn't solved by humanity altering its destructive behavior, but rather a magic gizmo invented by Dr. Gerard Butler. All right. But I feel like that, that is a thing that like I think in the future people will look back on these movies that came out at this time and be like, oh, they just thought that, oh, we can just tech techno wizardry something up and it's going to fix climate change like in in the world of the movies that take place at this time the action movies like it doesn't really make sense that climate change would be a threat because we we are able to fix everything with technology like there's no way tony stark wouldn't fix climate change in in the marvel cinematic universe you know I'm just reading about the guy who wrote Angel Has Fallen. He he started the Karate Kid franchise. Oh, wow. Like that back guy, in 84? Yeah. It, it was apparently that guy. It was based on his own life because he got beat up by bullies in at the 1964 New York's World's Fair. And then wow. he started learning martial arts to defend himself. But anyway, so that guy is a guy who got beat up by bullies, uh, sought the help of a like Okinawan karate teacher, and now produces wine on his vineyards. So it's a story that all all's well that ends well. Oh my god, Jack! Look at the guy who wrote. Look at the guy who wrote. Fucking London has fallen, and White like Olympus has fallen. His name is Creighton Rothenberger. Yeah, there it that is. looks like the face of someone who goes like, oh god, like. Poor people are disgusting. Like he's just like there's sure. that looks like a face incapable of understanding anything beyond like his own desires, which is sometimes it's nice when people are wear it that transparently on the outside of their face. Those are some shiny veneers. That guy's got a little fence oh, in his yeah. mouth. Yeah. <laughs> Jamie would have been. She's she's already analyzing Big the veneer teeth. game on mm-hmm. this guy. Well, Sarah, as always, such a pleasure having you Thank on you for the having show. Me. Where yeah. can people find you and follow you? You can find me on Instagram at Sarah to bother you, S A R A to bother you. Um, you can go to my website, sarahjune.online, and on both of those, you will find links to my short film, Bathroom Time, which uh, was a Vimeo staff pick last year and is playing some more festivals. So you can go watch it on the internet for free. There you go. You're welcome. Also, go watch. Is it Bird? Is that? It is Bird, yeah. Yeah, Bird is so good. Oh, thanks, Jack. I'm yeah, glad you liked really it. Really funny. And is there a tweet or some of the work of social media you've been enjoying? Oh, absolutely. I really enjoyed uh, this tweet from at QuartoCore. It is um, at QuartoCore. Uh, Rick and Morty creator being an awful person is like 9 11 for smoke shops. <laughs> 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 it was my first thought. 
Oh my god. When I heard god. the news, I was like, what is Santi Alley going to do? Like yeah. every smoke shop is every ju- there's murals rig. in my neighborhood. I'm like, they're gonna have to change the mural. There's yeah. I'm pretty sure Or they're I'm not, like, and everyone's just gonna be like, Yeah, we're we're actually good with this now. I don't know, dude. It seems like some Amber Heard type stuff, which yeah, I've already seen like in the the comments right. of like the Rick and Morty fans already trying to dismiss it all. But yeah, I that was I, there, I think there's a I went to a head shop in Burbank, which I think like they lead with Rick and Morty graphics, like on the outside of their like they have like graphics on the windows mm-hmm. where it's like, yeah, dude, get your fucking Rick and Morty grinders and dab rigs in here. Hell yeah. Miles, where can people find you? What is the tweet you've been enjoying? Oh, man, some tweets I like. Well, first, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Miles of Gray. Also, check me out and check out on um, Miles and Jack got mad. Boosties, our basketball yeah, yeah. podcast. Also, find me on 420 Day Fiance with Sophia Alexandra, where we complain about 90 Day Fiance. Uh, some tweets I like. First one is from uh, at uh, Ali Maynard uh, at Miss M-A-Y-N tweeted, my theory is suburbanites fucking love Disney World because it's their chance to enjoy walkable dining and entertainment experiences <laughs> with convenient mass transit without having to see homeless people. Yeah, that might that might actually be it. Uh, then another one at oh, man, this is a display name. Oh, at Blaze forty four ninety tweeted. So apparently the numbers on the toaster are in minutes. For the last thirty three years, I thought it was for different levels of toastiness. And sir, so the fuck did I? Wait, it's minutes? How the fuck would I know what three minutes? I don't know. I'm like, yeah, I want my shit level three. Yeah, level three. Level three toasty. This is is fucking me up. It fucked me up so bad. I'm like, why are they presuming I know what a minute of toasting looks like? Also, why wouldn't they write minute on there? Right. I don't know. Or just an M. I don't know. I don't know. And I don't like this. (laughs) I don't know. This is all fucked up. Yeah, I'm not, I, I, I'm not a fan of that information. I, I'm, I'm going to choose. My brain has rejected it. You know what? I'm going to go watch Angel Has Fallen. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, Ian Faria tweeted, I was just mugged in Park Slope by two beautiful parents and their gifted children. <laughs> you, can, you can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes, footnotes, where we link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode, as well as a song that we think you might enjoy. Miles, what song do we think people might enjoy? Yo, I just read that. That's bullshit. The Minutes thing? Yeah. There is some rubbish going around on the internet about how the numbers on these toasty dials are actually minutes. Okay, you know what? When an English person says it with their chest out like that, I'm gonna believe it. Yeah, they love toast, too. That's my own confirmation bias. Like, I know I didn't didn't fuck up that bad with the toaster thing. I know that's not right. Anyway, what's a song that I like? Well, this is actually uh, a compilation uh, or an album called Starpoint Tactics from this producer 3DMG. And I think this is a German producer and like label, but they make really dope like lo-fi hip hop. And this is just a really, uh, you know, wonderful, wonderful uh, like remix of uh, Ghostface Killer called Mighty Deadly. Okay, for my people who really know, shake that body, body that guy. Anyway, and this is like, again, the beats are boom bap, lovely, and it feels like. I don't know. It feels like 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 an old 
like DJ Shadow mixtape or something. If he was, I don't know. I, I fuck with it. Check this out. Mighty Deadly 3DMG. All right. Well, we'll link off to that in the footnotes. The Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That is going to do it for us this morning. Back this afternoon to tell you what is trending, and we'll talk to you all then. Bye. Bye. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.